The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Admiral Akbar here to tell you that it's time to do the show. By I mean Sue the Doll with Aaron and Danae. They're streaming on Mixler every Tuesday at noon central, or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Your ears can't repel humor of this magnitude, so it's time for the show to begin. Let's listen in. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae! It's always good to hear. It's always good to hear from Admiral Akbar. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you'd like to do the intro, by the way, just go to our website, AaronandDanae.com. We've got the text there, and you can send us your intro in whatever audio format you want to use. We'll figure it out. Do you think I'm crazy to want to put henna on my head? <laughs> no. No, I don't. You might not know this about me. You mean like the art, right? But I recently shaved basically half of my hair off my head. Yeah. And I have I have this new do thing going on. I like it. It looks great. It's been here for a long it's time very now, really. Modern. I haven't really told anyone about it because I think it's it was just different. It's like it's very much like the gal from Hunger Games. It's very similar to that. Right. Well, and I had it done and then we're watching the Hunger Games and my husband was sitting beside me and Cressida is the name of that character. What is it? Cressida. I'm Cress- pretty sure. Cressida? I think so. I would have never known that. I think that's her. Anyway. Never in a million years would I have known that. Anyway, she has this design going down the side of her head, and I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to, but I don't want to tattoo it. It's just, that's a little too far. Okay. But henna is semi-permanent. Mm. You know, like you just put it on. And right, like, right, right, right. It stains your skin. Right. So I think that's what I've, I've been, I've been. So it's a way to have a tattoo. It. It's a way right. to make it look like you've tattooed this, this naked skin on your head. Right. Without actually having to put, you know, ink in a needle. And exactly. Poke holes in your, your skin. I have, um, I've asked someone to do it for me. Uh-huh. She's really kind of nervous about it, but she's really great. She's an yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah. She's very artistic and she's got a good steady hand. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, as long as we've got a plan as far as like what kind of you know, like your end goal is. Sure. It could look really cool or it could not. I mean, and it's not permanent, so it's not like it's too big of a deal. And if it looks terrible, I'll just cover it up with my hair. That makes sense. And so she contacts me and she's like, hey, I'm ready to go. You, you want to do this? Yes. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be going to a very, um, how do you say, uh, the convention that we're going to. Oh, are you, sa- are you saying weeks. like uptight? Yeah. Yeah, like a or little bit conservative. old school. Yeah, very old school, very, very conservative. Very old school, yeah. I have bright red hair pretty much, <laughs> which is like already a little bit over. I'm a female too. I'm uh-huh. just kidding. I'm, hopefully they've all. <laughs> anyway, gotten past that idea. Anyway, so maybe I already have to make sure that that 
shaved side of my head isn't going to be shown. Yeah, like we're like like suits and dresses. Like yeah. is, is well, I'll be wearing the suit. You'll be wearing the dresses. But right, that's a good good clarification. I just want just want to clarify. So I'm thinking maybe just hold back on the henna for a few weeks, <laughs> so they don't have like these cool designs coming out of like. I don't know, the concave of the side right? of my head and like down my neck, you know. <laughs> it could it could go both ways. You could find the people that are like you know more willing to be a little more risky, and so you find your people, you know, that way. <laughs> I love how in the chat starts knitting Danae a dress of flames. <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> well, you ready to shoe a dough? I'm ready to shoe a dough. We're gonna have some fun today. Uh, this is episode number 105, and we are going to talk a no longer safe on politics today, specifically politicacus. <laughs> That's right. I tried to merge those words together. That's good. It's, That's good. It's very complicated. I think, it works, I think it works well. But before we get into that, of course, we're going to peruse the news. And now, straight from the studio, DNA, we will peruse the news. I got to figure out how to end that. I, it just reminds me, because I, I, I used to take that, Mr. Hitler. Don't, I, do I, don't like I know you don't that. like that, so I don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, I'm watching now The Man in the High Castle, which okay. is about what would have happened if Germany had won the war. Oh, World War II. That's awful. And so it's really interesting because oh. like half the United States is Nazi is like, you know, controlled by Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. And then the West Coast is controlled by Japan because they were allies in, in that oh. war. So just some interesting stuff. Well, Hitler is now older. It's like 30 years after the war. So Hitler is like ready to, you know, pass away. He's got like Parkinson's. And uh, and so it's like who's going to control the to give him? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I did see a pretty interesting thing on uh, humanizing Hitler to remember he is a human being. You yeah, know, because yeah, we yeah. have so dehumanized him as a name. But interesting stuff. Anyways, we're going to get into uh, to peruse the news. So, Danae, what do you got? Uh, the Dutch are using eagles to, quote, pluck drones from the sky. <laughs> what? They're training birds to hunt and take down drones. Wow. Yeah. And there's a couple of videos that are getting a little bit of a, a buzz uh, showing, you know, these eagles or, or hawks or whatever. Uh, snatching a drone out of the sky because they're training them right now. Is the director of this program named Gandalf? I'm just asking because he was really good at having eagles do his bidding. So I'm just wondering if like they, they found friends. Gandalf the Grey. They were friends. I think they, I think that they had to, like that. That's Lord of the Rings. We, we can't go into that. I'm actually, I, I actually. <laughs> you were to, about to get all geeky. I really on was, me. and I was just like, go with nope, the joke nope, today. Pulling back. I'm pulling it's back. called yes ending. All right, you just <laughs> go with the joke. Uh, that does remind me of uh, dolphins. The military was using dolphins to disable, uh, like water mines. Do you remember that when they were doing that a few years ago? I, wasn't it to detect them because or detect them or something like because that? Because yeah. disabling them meant that they were like suicide dolphins, or or that they had somehow grown like you know opposable thumbs. Yeah, which, which is which equally, they don't. They don't have equally those. horrible to think about. <laughs> That's right. Dolphins with hands. Uh, I I am all for teaching our animal friends to help us out. The, if you do decide to go look at the video and it, it shows, you know, the the bird descending and then it lands on the ground and it begins to like birds can crawl with their wings. Like mm-hmm. they like flap their wings forward and they like drag themselves a little bit. It's a very interesting process. Yeah. Of note, there's been feedback that they're concerned that they're going to be hurt in the propellers. Mm. So they're like thinking about making like little mitts for their legs and they have the best interests of the birds in mind that's good that's good i think that's important so that was that was the thing that i 
saw in the news. Very cool. Uh, well, for mine, and we may only have time to do like one each today. What? Yeah, because no. we need to talk. We need Just to talk about politics. No. Okay. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that it's Groundhog's uh, Groundhog Day. Uh, and I just gave away why I wanted to talk about it. Because you keep saying Groundhog Day. I cannot say it right. Am I the only one? No, I heard I somebody else on the radio. I can't say the movie right. <sighs> I can't say the day right. I always want it to be plural. I always want it to be Groundhog's Day. But it is not Groundhog's Day. There is only one Groundhog. <laughs> his name is Punxsutawney Phil. And he doesn't die ever. And it is his day. Yeah. The lore of Punxsutawney Phil is fun stuff if you want to read that sometime. This morning, we totally geeked out on Groundhog Day. Yeah. On our radio show. He is immortal. He is an immortal groundhog. With really long claws and scary teeth. Not only that, he is immortal because he drinks a magic elixir every seven years. This is something else you may not know, and it gives him another seven years of life. So says Aaron. So says the people in Punxsutawney, (laughs) is what they say. Who also drink. (laughs) Some sort of, quote unquote, Magic, Magic elixir. elixir. <laughs> yes, I think that it's on. It lives forever. <laughs> yeah, it does. Woo! <laughs> oh, mercy. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think that lore is really interesting to me. And of course, the movie. I love the movie. So I will be watching later today with my kiddos. We'll be checking out Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And I said it right. You did say it right. I got it right. You did good. All right, Danae, I know you had other Peruse the News you wanted to talk about. I'm going to give you one more shot. Why don't you pick one more uh, that you want to chat about before we head into uh, our segment today? Okay. But you have to help me because there's okay. like 600 here. So point <laughs> to the one that you think that we should do. Because I think they're I mean, all fun. They're, well, they're all, I mean, they're all interesting. Um, news-wise, we probably should talk about the conf- convicts being back in jail. We did cover that last week. Since we talked about that last week, they did catch them and they're back in jail. Do you know much about the story? I know the first guy turned himself in. Like Really? Yeah. Somebody, he turned what? himself in. Yeah. Well, he must. I think into a car lot or something like that. Wow. But I didn't read super deep. I just wanted to do you... like a little touch on the like, right, right, they're right. back in jail now. Yeah, yeah. And now the investigation turns to, all right, so how did this happen in the first place? So. But that is fascinating that he turned himself in. You go to all that effort yeah. to get out and then... I, he must have just thought, I can't live like this. I can't, I can't live, live like being this, under this pressure. Or and... maybe the other two guys had like a really serious plan and he didn't want to be a part of it. Mm. You know, we don't yeah. know. Could be but anything. they are, they're back in, they're back in the prisons. That is good to know. Good to on, know. On my list of things I didn't get to talk about were guest jeans. Yes. And makeup. So the jeans are the jeans that actually help your skin by wearing them. Yeah. They they fuse them with sea kelp. But you can't wash them. Vitamin E. And, um, ginkgo biloba nice those are real genes that exist and yeah you're not supposed to wash them and then the other one is an um update on when you need to throw out your makeup all right let's talk about this a little bit we've got we've got just a a tad more time i do want to i'm glad you brought that up (laughs) makeup goes bad listen i would this i don't i've i actually i almost said i don't wear makeup i actually wear makeup every single week when i go on television but i don't wear a lot of makeup Mm -hmm. but now i find out it's like my refrigerator so is this true for like the powder stuff I'm putting on yeah. to, to kill the shine on television? Yeah. Like You're, it could hurt my skin? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although the liquid powder or the liquid uh, base is way more, you know, it, it degrades. Yeah. But here's what, here's what I realized. I was gifted a huge cache of makeup. Nice. Like maybe, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, at least eight years ago. In my mind? 
in my mind. It was like a treasure trove. It was what? like a like you open up a treasure box. Well, in my mind, it was willed to you. <laughs> and there was a reading of the wills. Oh, Lord. And whoever this was and in your life. all of my Lancome goes to you, Danae. <laughs> yes. No. It what was did a you friend, say? Oliver what? Lancome. It's, it's the brand of, oh, okay. of makeup that I, I was given. And it was like all of these eyeshadows and all these lipsticks that this, this girl like never used and they're all brand new. Do you know what I was thinking you said? I thought you thought maybe you were talking about a rake, a Lancome. No. I, no, like, no, no, no. Danae, we call those rakes. <laughs> um, what I realized after reading this article is that, well, first of all, they say lipstick goes bad after a year, like a year or less. You need to what? throw it out. And I still have it and wear it. It's like eight to 10 years old and I'm fine and I'm not dying and my lips aren't falling off. So I think you have to use judgment. But is here's, it? let me read this to you. Okay. Well, if hold on. you've had an infection on your face or if your lipstick starts to smell. <laughs> If either of these things happen, chuck it immediately. Trust us, you don't want what's crawling around in that tube to be crawling around in your mouth. So, quite suddenly, I'm like, I'm going to smell every tube of lipstick. Well, don't you? I mean, it's right under your nose. Like, I think you would know. Of all the things you use. Certainly, I'd have some sort of reaction, but I don't wear lipstick regularly. I just wear it every once in a while. But all of the lipstick I have is past its prime, according to this website. Well, that's that's why your distant relative willed it to you. Shush. (laughs) Eyeshadow, six months to a year. Nail polish, a year. Mascara, what? three to six months. Oh Powder, so six months to a year. Blush, one year. Moisturizer, a year. Eyeliner, four to six months. Powders, six months to a year? Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Okay, okay. First of all, did you say nail polish? I did. Listen, your fingernails are protective. <laughs> There's you. C- I think it's more You toxic. can smear anything on your fingernails. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Like, uh, I don't get this. Good question in chat. What if your lips fall off while you're live on air? Well, first of all, <laughs> let's pray that does not happen. I but, was thinking maybe the ratings would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that would be downloaded so many times. I would probably keep going. I'd, I'd probably be on oh, some sort of like crazy weird mm-hmm. body kicks in. Yeah. You have adrenaline pumping. Oh, yeah. Show must go on. I probably would take lipstick and then put it on like the tear and then like try to reapply it and just push uh-huh. it back and be like, you'd use the, you'd use the lipstick that had made your lips fall off to know. stick your lips back on. This is, this is why we hope it doesn't happen. Cause clearly this is a really <laughs> bad idea. All right. So, okay. So all, that was, that in was all honesty, <laughs> yeah. in all honesty, mm-hmm. this has to be something the makeup companies are behind, right? Like you're using okay. lip ki- lipstick that's 10 years old. It's fine. They want you to throw it away every year. So guess what? You have to buy new lipstick. I feel like yes and no. They're probably covering their butts a little bit because there's stop- there may be people who have, you know, like mouth stuff going on. There's there's a lot there's a lot of bacteria on your face and a lot of bacteria in your brushes and a lot of okay, bacteria. Fine. So that I mean, there probably is okay, a legitimate fine. thing, but I have been using the same eyeshadow, and I'm not kidding, the same eyeshadow, cash, this like this massive amount of makeup I was given, uh-huh. and these lipstick for like eight to ten years, and I'm, I'm okay. Not the same eyeshadow as in like you're taking it off and smearing it on a piece of paper at night, and then putting that same eyeshadow back on the next day. No, that's my pillow. <laughs> your pillow <laughs> is your eyeshadow keeper. <laughs> uh, in the comments, one of my favorites uh, uh, says. Um, Try a different brand of leprosy cream. <laughs> I believe no. I believe that disease would be called leprosy. Ew. I just want to be I just want to be clear. It's so <laughs> disgusting. Your lipstick makes your lips fall off. You have leprosy. 
All right. Before we move on to the next segment, uh, we wanted to make sure to remind you guys that in two weeks, that's February 16th, we're going to be doing a Bring a Friend to Chat Day. So... Yeah, let me, yeah, let me start the music. Back. Oh, we'll do ready, it. Ready? Here we go. Ah, I feel so much better now. <laughs> Rewind. Before we go on to our next segment, we would like to remind you guys <laughs> that next uh, two weeks, February 16th, is Bring a Friend to Chat Day. We're just asking that you try to invite somebody else that you know that might have the same lunch break as you or has some free time on a Tuesday to join us in the chat. We're going to be doing a giveaway that day. Can't tell you what it is, mostly because I'm not sure just yet. We've got a couple <laughs> of options. I'm working on it. I'm nice. working on it. We're going to do a giveaway to you and your friend that day. So bring a friend to chat on the 16th. And while we're in this little brief break, also wanted to say thank you to Mike from Band for contacting us and saying that you love our Peruse the News section. We love doing Aww. it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're not already on Band, which is a free communication app, it's where you can find the most action for what we do out here in the studio DNA. Uh, we have a band called Aaron and Danae. You're welcome to join it and chat with us there. We post stuff. You We've know. got a band. We have chat room and all kinds of <laughs> fancy stuff. It is kind of nice because uh, it's direct, constant ability to communicate with people who love what we do and, and people we love because we love having community. So uh, we have a great time with it. Hashtag Mike for president. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> we appreciate all you do there at band. Mike is pretty big guy there at the band. Yeah. Yeah. Like important. Like he's CEO. Or do you mean, you mean physically? Because I'm a pretty big guy here in this room. I mean, he's he's pretty big as far as being important. Got it. I've never seen him in person. I'm not <laughs> sure about his physique, but he's a big deal. Nice. So thanks, Mike. Very cool. All right. Well. Well, that was an abrupt end of the music. Well, I don't. I don't have my fader thing. I only use that for the other pod. One of the other podcasts we do with the music. <laughs> that was amazing. Bing bong. <laughs> and it just, done. It just goes like this. That's all. That's all you need to. That's all you need to do. Super oh no, I know how I'm supposed to. End. I'm supposed to end it like this. Time. Here's how I'm supposed okay, to end okay, it. Right. I'm, I'm supposed to end I'm it ready. like this. Um, let me do this. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Wow. This this was this supposed is to be amazing. This is supposed to be. Oh, here it is. Right. Oh, I'm ready. I'm, I do. I've been ready. That's how I'm supposed to end it. <laughs> I actually agree with you. Right. You just I if you're gonna kill something, way. kill it with the wrong buzzer. Earlier today, uh, we were sitting around thinking. You know, what would be really cool is to talk about politics. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> Shush. You hated this idea. I did. I, you, I, I mentioned, well, we were we were chatting about the caucus last night and just I mentioned it. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of thinking I want to talk about politics today for No Longer Safe and just have a conversation. And you were like, no. We kind of cover that a little bit at the start of That's this true. interview that we're That's about true. to play. Because God bless my dear aunt who I texted this morning and was like, hey, you were at the caucus. Can we talk to you about what happened? Hey. And we ended up having a really great conversation just actually not that long ago. We just finished uh, getting the final touches on it here. So I was excited because when you told me that they had been at the caucus last night, it actually turned into kind of a twofer, which is both about kind of the political process and some of those insides, you know, of what happens there in Iowa when they do the caucus. And also a broader chat about why we're afraid to speak politics to each other and why we're, why those are things are so divisive. And that's our heartbeat here, right? Our heartbeat is to create a place where we can smooth over those divisive things in a way that's honest and real. So it's not, you know, living in denial about them, but having honest conversations about them. And so um, of the many divides that we put ourselves in, that we featured some before on this podcast, 
politics is one of them. You know, we divide ourselves into Republican and Democrats or liberals and conservatives. And So we're going to join you in the chat as we play this interview with my aunt, Brittany. And any political conversation, as always, try to be respectful of each other and keep it all PG, if you don't mind. I'm already <laughs> seeing somebody start talking about the old Trumpster. Oh, I see. So in a non PG way. Oh, it's it's totally PG. Okay. Just a reminder. All right. Good. Just Good. a reminder. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'd love to play this for you and uh we'll be we'll be hanging out to uh to chat with you in the live chat. And of course any comments are always welcome if you're listening on a podcast uh form at Aaron and Danae at gmail dot com. And so. of course we'll be back at the end of the interview. Yeah. To say farewell to you for this episode of Shoot the Dough. But here we go on the interview with Brittany. Let's do it. We're here to talk about politics. And <laughs> well, that's true, because when I first mentioned this about doing the show today on politics, I pretty much just decided that I was going to go back home. Danae's reaction was, no, we are not talking about politics. But that's exactly why I want to, because of that reaction. A lot of people have that reaction. I think it's perfect for a conversation for this segment. My favorite part of the introduction today's segment was when I told you that my two aunts live in Iowa and went to the caucus last night. And yeah. you were just like, oh, we have to talk to them. We have to talk to them. Can you get them on the phone? Well, so. we have made it happen. And Aunt Brittany is with us. Can I call you Aunt Brittany or is only Danae allowed to do that? No, you can call me Aunt Brittany. Yes. Aunt Brittany's <laughs> on the phone. Uh, and, but I'm uh, not sending you presents. Oh, man, I <laughs> thought sends, I had made my um, way into the family. She sends amazing presents, too, so you're totally missing out. Well, I, Aunt Brittany, I feel snubbed already as a new member of this family, and uh, <laughs> we'll have to deal with that later. Uh, but yeah, you guys were at the caucus last night, and um, maybe just maybe that's where we start. Maybe just tell us a little bit about your experience last night, what you were there for. Who was um, at the red carpet? <laughs> what were they wearing? <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of couture last night, let me just say. <laughs> Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, sort of a lumberjack couture. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we go to the caucus. Um, it's really kind of a cool thing because you're there with your neighbors. It's not with people who are too far away from you. So their caucus locations are usually schools um, that are in your neighborhood and you would just most of us can walk to our caucus location site because it's that close. Um, and then you just go over there. And so there are the people like literally it's my next door neighbor behind me, the one right across the street and over. Like I recognize so many of my neighbors there. And that's part of what makes it like a really cool thing, at least the Democratic. I can't really speak to the Republican caucus because they do it a different way. But the Democratic caucus is you get you could all show up in a, in a room together and then you literally with your body vote um, for and stand up for a particular candidate. When you say literally with your body, you mean mm-hmm. like you go stand in like a section of the room for your candidate? Or yes. do you mean like you have to spell out their name? <laughs> yes. Like well, with your arms y- and legs. <laughs> yeah, we did do a little Hillary dance last night, but you know, that was not that was not caucus, you know, necessary. <laughs> uh, um, but we do actually have to we show up what we call um it, since it's a Democratic Party, it actually starts with a, you know, call to meeting and that kind of, you know, all the the normal kinds of, of, of get get this stuff out of the way and then we can get to the caucusing. And uh, then we break up into what's called interest groups or focus groups or um, whatever you want to say, but it's around a candidate. So you can be, like, for example, last night we had the Hillary we had a group, we had the Sanders group, we had O'Malley's group, and then we have Undecided. And you literally put yourself in an undecided group with other people who 
who are undecided. And that way, the people who are caucusing for a particular candidate knows who is undecided at this point and can go and talk to them. And this is also where you have like face-to-face conversations with your neighbors about why it is that you picked the candidate that you have, what you really like about them. Um, It's less of a time to, I did not see any of the being down on another person's choice for a candidate because everybody in the room is a Democrat, right? So we're all kind of going in the same direction, it was mostly just saying, this is why I think my candidate is really awesome and what I think that you know she can bring or he can bring to you the table. And you're trying to convince those who maybe haven't picked a do you, candidate yet. Do you bring like, I don't know, chocolates or sweets or anything? <laughs> bribes. Uh, yeah, bribes, yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting, that is an interesting question because for, for eight years ago, we did. We brought cookies and um, <laughs> stuff. Not, and it's still a tradition around all, uh, most of Iowa, but Blackhawk County, where I live, uh, decided that there was, I don't know, there's too much of an issue with that because it's <gasps> happening in like school auditoriums too. And so you have spilled stuff all over the place, I guess. And they said, no more food. Aww. Ruin right? all the fun. Come on. I have to tell you, Aunt Brittany, you should have seen Danae's face when you started talking about undecided voters and then going over and talking to them about candidates. She was, it was like fear personified in what? her face. She was like, what? she was so disgusted by that idea. Like disgust, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was disgust for sure. <laughs> like, what is it about well, that usually, though? Usually people show up knowing who they want to go for. We only had six um, out of 131 people in our in our precinct in the undecided category. You're only going to show up as an undecided. Otherwise, you, you pretty much already knew who you were going to uh, caucus for. Or if you choose not to caucus at all, you just don't show up, right? So the, you were there for Hillary Clinton uh, yes. to caucus for her. How did you approach... Did you have specific conversations with these undecided voters? Like how... How do you approach a situation like that? Well, to go back just a little bit, I'm actually uh, the precinct captain Ooh. for the. I know, right? My aunt said captain. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> do your caucus members have to salute you? So that was kind of cool. They didn't have to, but but yeah, several of them gave me the nice little salute. So <laughs> That's that nice. So what I did was uh, a few weeks ago, I went in for like a little training at the Hillary campaign office, just about we had an app that we were using to count different people. And then we um, we just had some strategies and things like that that we discussed. And then the night of, though, I'm just uh, there. I had two helpers with me. And we just basically talked to Hillary supporters about like what they, why that they're supporters and whether or not they would be willing to, to go and talk to other people. They don't have to. Nobody has to get up and, and move around and talk to anybody else. So there is that, Danae, that you don't actually have to. You can just find a seat, sit there and stay there the whole night and just be counted. That's how um, I prefer my church services too. When they're like, <laughs> okay, everybody stand up and go say hi to somebody. I'm like, man, I just want to sit down and just be in my space. <laughs> you like the private voting well, we booth. Have- <laughs> What I love about what you're talking about is the fact that it just feels very community. And like you said, the Republican uh, one is a little bit different. They do, I think, a straw poll where people come in and they put their votes in a bucket, basically, and then they count them and they, you know, go about it that business. But to actually kind of have that one on one contact or many on one or whatever does sound a little bit interesting. Um, Is that something that draws you to the process, do you think? Absolutely, because I think you have to stand with, you literally have to stand with your conviction in that way. You don't um, just get to write it on a piece of paper and nobody necessarily knows 
what it is or what it isn't or who you voted for or if you voted for anyone. Um, but you actually like physically say, look, I'm standing in support of Hillary or I'm standing in support of Bernie. I'm physically here showing my support. And the groups themselves um, kind of get a little excited. I, we, we had a little Hillary party going down in Hilltown. <laughs> um, and then over in Sandersville, I guess they were doing pretty much the same thing, um, you know, getting their uh, base group there excited about what's going on. And then when, when the excitement reaches a certain level and we go and we talk to other people, um, sometimes it's the... It's the people like me, the big extroverted, uh, run over there and say, hey, you know, this is why I really love her. This is what's going on. This is what I think. Um, but the most convincing, I think, really, there was this one gentleman. Uh, he's a vet, and he's really he was really quiet. And he, I didn't even see when he left our section and went back to sit with the two people in O'Malley's section. And he just was having a conversation with them and telling them a little bit about his life and why he thinks that this is a really important election and why his heart is on the line for Hillary. And he just, he just had this really soft and kind conversation. And they, I think were really moved and motivated by him. And they both followed him up to our section after they, that group was not, was named not viable. So they had to find another place to go so now, when there's a group that's not viable why not take that opportunity to play like red rover red rover <laughs> because it seems like if you've got like the hillary side and the bernie side if you all link arms together and play red rover it's like the perfect that's such a great idea it's the perfect time right yeah and that is i mean that's a really really good idea and we and uh, you know sadly we thought twister was the way to go oh no <laughs> No, yeah, no, and yeah. That just didn't. It well, didn't you got out and dodgeball for full no. from eight years ago was a just a mess. Yeah, yeah. So almost, <laughs> almost injuries were were abounding. But see, mm-hmm. yeah, Red Rover. It's like if they break through, then they're part. But if you bounce oh, I think it back, makes complete sense. Yeah, man, absolutely. Right. I should probably go to a caucus. I you th- probably should. You would be very, very, very fun at one. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also remembering because I went to go visit my aunts uh-huh. uh, recently. And something else that Brittany is involved in is the roller derby. Ah. She's out there in the middle as part of like the ref team, like making sure everything's doing what it's supposed to be doing. So right. I, I find it interesting that you're also, what is it, captain? Precinct the, captain. You're the precinct her, yeah. captain. So it's like uh, you're, yeah, you're in there volunteer. too. I'm a volunteer. Yeah. I, I do tend to volunteer a lot of my time um, specifically for local things that maybe don't have a lot of volunteers or need that extra help. I mean, the Derby can't run without about... Do you say 15? 14. Yeah. 14 or 15 as a minimum. And that's of non-skating officials, people who are willing to track scores, penalties, sit in the penalty box, um, line track, do that kind of stuff. And the Derby can't... It can't be an official Derby where we report the numbers unless we have all of those positions covered. So the team can have the minimum number of, of skaters on the team and that's all they have. And they're going to, they're going to put them out there and you can technically go with um, four referees as a minimum. You want more than that, but four refs is the minimum. But when it comes to just volunteer, the non-skating official volunteers, you have to have quite a number of those. And so I'm really proud to be the head NSO for the local Derby team, which is called nice. the Cedar Valley Derby Divas, <laughs> and our team name is the Push Up Brawlers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I love a good pun. That's amazing. Well, then you'll appreciate that I'm then a support brawler. <laughs> nice. 
And I like to say that I'm a full-figured support brawler. Oh, so. I see. Nice. I see how it goes. Okay, so here's the deal. With your knowledge of the Derby and knowledge mm-hmm. of the caucusing, we are commissioning mm-hmm. you over the course of the next four years to combine those two events yes. for your caucus. Yes. We are commissioning you as precinct Come captain on. and the Derby person <laughs> to make those two things happen together. I'm just worried about coming away with elbows to the face at right. the caucus then. But, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. that could be, that could, that could be okay. I guess it got to be more <laughs> in the gladiator realm, really. Yes, <laughs> as it should be. But what I think is really beautiful, though, is that, you know, people will volunteer for various things, you know, that they're passionate about. But, um, Brittany, you're getting involved and you're volunteering because, and you're getting to know the system. So, like, roller derby, that's fun. And and you are actually being a support for a lot of other people. You're making it possible for a lot of other people to have a good time. But then you're starting to get into politics and you're getting into that realm and you're learning about how that works. And then you're volunteering your time to help create our system. I just think that's really It is really cool. Valuable. I, I'm, you didn't let me get to the best part, the name of this event. The name of this event is the Raucous Caucus. I mean, <laughs> the, come the on. Combination derby oh, yes. The combination Derby Caucus. The combination of Derby. That's yes. awesome. Raucous the Raucous Caucus. The Raucous Caucus. I, and I also feel like um, that we must have uh, referees. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, let's talk about that. Because Hillary and Bernie were so close uh, overall in Iowa last night. I mean, like, it's close yeah, as... Yeah, I would call it a statistical tie. Yeah, it was a statistical tie, basically, between the two of them. Did you find that was the same, like, in your precinct? Or is that just because when the precincts all come together, that it's like that? Oh, it was the same in our precinct. We went. We had eight delegates to uh, name for our precinct. Um, so when you break up into the to the different groups, uh, let me just give you a little process here. You break up into the different groups and you identify sort of how many out of the total are in those groups to see if they're viable. You have to have 15% of the total for a group to be viable. So last night we had to have at least 22 people in our group to be a viable group. Clearly, O'Malley did not have a viable group. So then we had what's called a second alignment after the first alignment. And the second alignment is where then all of the unviable groups have to join viable groups or decide just not to participate and then um, be counted in the in the uncommitted votes. So in the second realignment, then they would join up and then we would recount and then from that, since we did only had three candidates, there weren't any more alignments. From that, we determined the number of delegates each uh, candidate would get. And that's based on how many total people are in your group from the total that are in the room. Right. And, yeah, so for us, we had 68 of the 131 people, and they had 63 of the 131 people. So wow. statistically, that's too close to to um, really separate out and say you have more that was four to four so we sent four delegates they sent four delegates in the same room as us um in that same auditorium on the other side was a different precinct precinct two two we were five four and they had the exact same thing they had six delegates three went to bernie three went to hillary i saw this all over the place Um, i was following on facebook my friends on facebook would just be posting their precinct results here's how many here's how many and across the board it was pretty even, three, two, four, four, three, you know, four, four, five, mm. five. Wow. So I think it's actually a pretty good indication that most places were pretty evenly and not just like one area. Can you tell me about the coin flip? I heard about like three coin flips that if they had switched the other way, then it would have been an exact tie or something like that. Why is there a coin being flipped? Do you know anything about that? 
I don't know as much about that, but I believe that that's about the super delegates and not the the delegates because the delegates Ooh, that we super have delegates. Mass, yeah, right. And so they not only do they get capes, but you know oh. they get to choose their special powers. Oh my goodness! Awesome. Suddenly, right? I want to go into politics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the delegates themselves are chosen actually from the people there at each. Uh, precinct. So we had four people volunteer to go forward as delegates, then it's an actual physical thing. And then those four people will go to the county level as delegates for Hillary. And there were four people that went to the county level for delegates for Bernie. And then all of those come together at the county level. And then they move up to the state level. And then from the state, actually, to the DNC, the Den- Democratic National Convention. Wow. So if you're a person who wants to go like all the way to the to the convention, you start at your local precinct level and volunteer to be a delegate, and you can continue to volunteer all the way up. Whoa. And there are people who are very excited about that. And that's the other piece of the caucus that sometimes people miss, is that it's not just a one-night thing. I mean, it's a one-night thing for most of the people, but for some of them, they continue on being delegates up at the at the county level, at the state level, and at the federal level. Wow. That I actually really am connecting to. because like the spelling bee. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But with volunteers. Right. So, you know, when you see the pictures of the Democratic National Convention and you say Hillary's delegates from Iowa, that's exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the people who stood in a room with other people at at their local school and volunteered to move forward to the to the next level, and then volunteered again, and then volunteered again. Wow, that's cool. Whereas a tribute can only volunteer, you know, one time, and then right. you either take it or yeah. you know you don't make it yes. in games. Uh-huh. And by the time it gets up a little bit higher, it, it goes to where you have more people volunteering, then you have positions, and then they vote on them, and they can make cases for themselves. Oh. And, um, so it is a piece. It it is its own part of the system that I think is ignored because you know today we're moving. We're, we're discussing the results of the caucus today, but then we're going to move on to New Hampshire, and then we're going to move on to the Carolinas and other places. Um, and they don't realize, like, in, it's the end of February. We'll be doing the, the county in March. We'll be doing the state, you know, as we lead towards the, the national. So I've heard a lot of um, why Iowa. Why does Iowa get to start, you know, kind of going around social media and stuff? Uh, how do you respond to that? Why not Iowa? Um, when you... Th- think I hear a lot about it being like, oh, it's all white or it's all rural or and it's not. I mean, we have a lot of we don't have giant cities and that makes us unique. So we have no, you know, Chicago or New York City here. But at the same time, we do have centers of uh, we have the second largest um, insurance capital in the United States. Um, So we have business. We have three public institutions and we do have, um, we're a Bosnian relocation site, um, from the war. And we have a very large up here in Waterloo, uh, African-American population. So it is not that we're a hundred percent white. What we are is involved and active, like involved and active, but we're also that, uh, we are that kind of melting pot thing. We come from the roots. We, we, are not the East Coast or the West Coast. We are the flyover state. So in that sense, we don't represent just those kinds of ideas. Just it's it, it, so many times it's only the people on the East Coast or only the people on the West Coast that really get noticed in this kind of um, thing. And we're actually more of the voice of the rest of the states, the states between the East Coast and the West Coast. We're like, this is this is the majority of the middle of the road voters are going to be represented by Iowa. Has Iowa always been the state doing the caucus the first time? 
Is yes, that, we're first in the nation. Always. Since the very yes, beginning of... As far of, as I know. Well, not the beginning of time, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a historian, but as far as I know, we've been... That's our... But see, that's kind of the neat thing, though, is if you have a group of people and you have a community of people who are interested in the process and they want to go through this and they want to, you know, they want to be part of it, then mm-hmm. why not be first? And how are the... And, and I like also that the conversations that you're talking about having the political conversations in that room, which if you're going to go to a caucus, you have to expect that you're going to have to talk about politics at some point in time, but that they're respectful and, you know, it's more just part of your culture. There is, it's like part of a conversation. It's not necessarily like a huge debate. So let's move a little bit into that more kind of the philosophical idea of what, you know, Danae, you, you are, uh, you know, have a reaction to, or what a lot of people do when you hear the word politics, when you hear politician, you know, the negative connotations that come with those, uh, Brittany, let's just start with you. Like, why would you choose to be involved in this? And do you have some of those same feelings? How do you deal with those? Like, what is it about politics that turns us off? Well, well, definitely I have those same feelings. And had I had to caucus in the same room with, with, with Republicans, you know, because I'm a Democrat, that would have been really hard for me because I don't like to discuss politics across that particular aisle because we have such fundamental differences. And it's difficult for me to talk to people who think that, like, I shouldn't have the right to marry or people who think, you know... I just, I just find it really, it goes that's a deep, really hard right? thing. Oh, it goes too, deep, the, too fast. It, but at <laughs> the same time, that's what we're about here, right? Is being able to have those conversations in a way that honor each other. On this podcast, yes. Yes. In I'm, this that's realm, what I'm saying. But in don't this we room, want, Don't yes. we want that for everybody? I mean, don't we yes. want the ability for Republicans and Democrats to be in the same room and have a, like a, a nice conversation about their differences? Yeah. Well, I that bet. would be awesome. And I think that that was what it was originally intended to be. In fact, um, when I took... I don't know, I took a political science class once in college and and one of the things that stuck with me is that it was it was not supposed to be this dichotomy kind of thing. It right. was supposed to be here are two different ways to look at an issue. Let's say the issue is education, right? And let's both propose methods to make this the best educational system ever. So the Republicans would come in with their best proposal and the Democrats would come in with their best proposal. And then it's a choice between two ways of doing something instead of one person comes in with their best proposal and everybody else just just tries to annihilate it. And that's the thing that I think that that is missing. It's like, fine, if you don't like it, do something else. Give us something else instead of just saying it doesn't work. I don't like it. Right. I agree with that completely, actually, that, you know, there's a system in place and there's a conversation. Of, well, it's not really a conversation in place. It's just a my way. Agree with me. Yes or no. My way. Agree with me. Yes or no. And that's one of the frustrating parts of conversations or which I don't even think you can call them conversations. Communication with certain people all across the board, whether it's politics or not is the idea that if you don't agree with me, you're against me. So you're 100% on this side and we don't want anything to do with you or I don't want anything to do with you. And that's one of the reasons why politi- the political conversations for me are something that I avoid is because it's one of those topics and it's one of those areas where there are so many assumptions made about who I am as a person. Right, if right, I right. say, If I say, you know, I vote for, and then I insert a name here, mm-hmm. immediately I am on somebody's crap list and I'm on somebody's best friend list. <laughs> so I'd rather just be like, I voted, you know? Right, right. I, vo- it's very I voted. polarizing. That's the word yes. that people are using a lot now is polarizing. It, is. it shouldn't be because it's the same country and we all want what's best for it. Let's just 
The point of two-party system is that one party gives you this option and the other party gives you this option for the same problem. But when we even deny that there are problems or we are creating more or it's just constantly trying to tear each other down, which is, seems to be what, what, what the House and Congress are doing right now, then that's when it's harder to become invested in the, this political process. I also think uh, part of the thing that turns me off, too, is it's become so much about uh, voting against somebody rather than voting for somebody. Yeah. Uh, you saw, I mean, you've seen this in the last several elections. You know, um, first it was voting against George W. Bush. We cannot have that man be president. You know, then it's voting against Obama. We cannot have that man be president. You know, it's, it's always somebody. See, I actually voted for him. So that was like, I even, I remember posting that on Facebook. This is the first president in my entire... In, in my voting lifetime, that I'm actually not voting against someone else, but for a person. Hmm. And I think that's beautiful. So, I would, I would, you know, I would love time. to hear more of that. <laughs> but that's what right, I, right? But, like that's one time. But that's, but I'm also saying, you know, there are plenty of people who voted for George W. Bush, but the the campaigning, you know, was so much about it's the slam campaign. It's, it's right. It's, it's slamming each other. Yeah, and so it, it doesn't matter which side it is. There's just so much of the, and you're seeing it with Hillary even now. Mm-hmm. You know, just so much of the the slamming. Don't vote for her. Anybody but. It's that whole anybody but vote that really annoys me. It's the it's the idea that and it's also what's perpetuating part of the problem um, is the the campaigning against someone else instead of for yourself. So like when we're looking at campaigning uh, propaganda, you know, they're spending at least for the most of my life. I can't mm-hmm. say what's happening right now because I, I just can't even like. I don't watch television. I don't. Yeah. I don't see a lot of campaigning. You know, and we're probably not even quite in that and season yet. Anyway, it's like we were getting <laughs> right, <the ads. laughs> and we will, as like you said, uh, Brittany, we will be as we get you know more into this process. But the culture is building that it's not about what I'm doing and what the vision is for the country and the vision is for these things. It's what the other person is doing. It's getting into their trash bin. So if I'm going to vote for someone, your first instinct is what's wrong with you? What's in your trash bin? And it's, right. it's, perpetu- it's it's breeding that culture of hating each other and finding things wrong with each other. Mm-hmm. Plus add the fact that we're living in this, you know, time where everything is instant and everything is up for, you know. And can we just admit all our leaders are flawed just like we are? Right. Like, we're all human beings dealing with our own stuff. You wow, know what that's I mean? weird. <laughs> so, like, that's the other part of it is we have this thing to, to put people up on a pedestal. And, and listen, there is no perfect government because there is no perfect Perfect group of people yeah so it's i think that's important to note too yeah and to bring it back around to why iowa because this this comes up a lot but one of the things about why iowa is that we have a very strong ethic about about that exact thing about trash talk and usually they the politicians know better than that in the state um i don't know how they do nationally but here uh that's kind of frowned upon. They don't want people to dump on. Just tell me why you're good. Don't tell me why the other person is bad. And that's, I think, how Trump is that he went into full-on attack mode against Cruz in the last few weeks. And all of his ads, instead of being pro-Trump, were anti-Cruz. And I think that the Iowa voters were just like, yep, nope, that'll make me vote for Cruz now because <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. That's just crap. You know, I don't want to have that. I think you you brought up a good point earlier that I, I think is is worth digging into a little bit, which is during the primary slash caucuses, you're dealing with, for the most part, like minded people who you're you know deciding amongst. Right. Whether you're which side of the aisle you're on, 
Uh, and yeah, then, you have to be registered as a party to be participate. Right. In so what's difficult about politics, and what I think we get so frustrated with politics, is when it goes to the next point where it's so dichotomous, like mm-hmm. you say. I think politics for us brings home the very real and honest difficulty with disagreeing with someone. I think that is what politics at its essence, where the uncomfortable uh, uncomfortability is, is that we do disagree with people. And that is uncomfortable, but it's okay. It's okay to disagree with people. It's okay to believe completely different things about something. And that doesn't mean you have to attack someone's character or think they're a bad person or whatever. Um, one of you's right. One of you's wrong. And that's okay, too. Is you that know? It, but is, is there really a right and a wrong there all the time? Is. I mean, yes. I guess there, there are certain is. topics. That, yes, but, there are pretty, <laughs> pretty clear right and wrongs. But you, but, know? but you know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean your job isn't to convince somebody they're wrong. Your job is to let what you believe is right affect how you make decisions and how you see the world, right? It just gets so complicated, though, when you're talking about taking that to the level of leading an entire nation. Right. Because these two diverse parties where we wish that there were more of a um, respectful dialogue and Mm -hmm. problem solving, you know, to take our nation together into a future instead of, okay, we won, so we're going to take it over here. Or, okay, we won, so we're going to undo what you did. You know, like, instead Mm -hmm. of doing that, it's complicated. It's it's so much more complicated than that. Because you got to get money involved, and you got to get people to rally. Oh, sure. I mean, it's just it's there's a lot of huge, huge things. There's so. a lot of things impacting the system in a negative way, right? Uh, primary among them, it's you know made and in, inhabited by human beings, and secondary among them is you know it's maintained by human. It's beings? maintained by human beings. So you know, a system is always a system. But and depending on who you talk to, will determine largely how you um, want to move forward. So. If you're around people who are angry about politics or um, hush hush about politics, like you just don't say anything, well, then that's that's your in. That's so. If you, if I want to scale the wall of a political conversation, I feel like we need to have like we need to date first. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to get to know each other. Uh-huh. Then we're going to have the conversation right. like that might skirt around politics. Yeah. But my you know my dirty political secrets. Are, are mine. They're nobody else's, <laughs> you know? I don't want to talk about it with anybody. I'm, I'm involved in the way that I'm comfortable getting involved in. And I'm also really uncomfortable with our our system in some ways. And I believe that you can make a difference. So, circling back into, Brittany, what you were saying earlier, the idea that you're physically standing in a space, space with somebody, that you're having a, a good conversation with someone, that you can volunteer and you can get involved in different ways. And it's just like, that felt really good to me. Maybe I'm a Democrat. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I should do is take you on imagine, that, you know, <laughs> can you imagine if the general election was that way? Yeah, like between I can, Republican actually. And Democrats got in the same room and, you know, then the undecided, and then they fought over the undecided. Like maybe I'm like a too much of a hippie at heart, but that sounds like a wonderful life, right? Not the fighting part, but you know, like the one, you know, well, like I didn't the mean wonderful- literally fighting, although you can see it turning <laughs> that no, way. No, it did sound like a bloody mess. <laughs> it, did. it did. I like, I don't know. Humans are so complex and people get so worked up about it, you know, and, and so I, because I understand. Because there's a lot at stake. There is. Everybody has the thing, Right that there's a lot at stake for them. And so it becomes very personal. Right. You know, it's not just, it it becomes more than just you believe differently than me. 
It becomes you're telling me my belief makes me a bad person. Or or you're the reason that our country is all jacked up. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because you're, you know, an uneducated voter because you did this. Right. The thing is, I think that people, when it comes to the presidency, they think that he's a he or she is a legislator and not necessarily a, the the president. And there's different branches there. Right. It's really Congress. Right? Well, I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I, I do think we put a little too much emphasis in the president. Like I, I, our system was designed to have the checks and balances of three parts of government. And honestly, right now, the part of government that's the strongest is probably the Supreme Court. I mean, if I'm looking at it correctly. Um, so, you know, the, the president is there for four, maybe eight years and really can block a few things that Congress wants to do or sign them into law and then lead the country. And that's, you know, I think we give him a little more, him or her, a little more uh, power than they really have. Right. And they are just one, they're, they're, they're the face of the country. So much power for so much time. The other thing is, is, well, Congress gets to pass the laws. So even if you have this majority that thinks, okay, we're going to pass this law, it has to hit the Supreme Court to say, is that in line with our Constitution? And that really is their job to figure that out. And they try to remove other things from that. So that's, I believe, why the Supreme Court feels like it's the strong. I mean, they don't get to make the laws. They just decide whether or not that was actually a legal law. And we do need that check on, otherwise you could pass like all kinds of laws that, um, you know, don't really align with with who we are as a, as a country or who we decided to be as a country a really long time ago. I think the the hope is that the balance of those three systems and the people that are involved in it, creating a nation that's as unified as possible de- despite its diversity. And I think that's a beautiful thing to continue to go for. I agree. And what happens at the end of the day for us and for our culture at large from what I have exposure to is for me, it's if you're upset about it, then get involved. And don't right. just complain. And if you're upset about something and you haven't had any discussions with anyone and you haven't voted or you haven't looked at, into why the the laws are going into place or why the Supreme Court is making the decisions or why this president is being elected, you know, it's not about getting, you know, your pitchfork or getting your sign and going and making a statement in that way. It's getting involved with your community, which is. I'm really, really thankful to have this conversation with you, Brittany, because you're literally representing, I think, the missing piece of the puzzle, which is the desire, whether it's, and I don't think you can force it. I think it's a natural desire to get involved in our life here in the United States. And I think Iowa is clearly representing that you can do that in the most peaceful way possible. And you can continue to impress and impact the future of, this nation and you can do it at your own pace in your own way. Like you don't have to be captain of the caucus. Like my aunt is, <laughs> I'm going to always call you captain of the caucus. It's just what I'm going to do. Um, you don't have to do that. That's but understandable. You can, you can go undecided. What blows my mind is there's people that are willing to walk into a room and, and stand up and say, I am undecided and I'm okay. Cool is that? I'm okay with leaving this room still undecided. In fact, I'm okay with leaving my party. Like, I'm over here on Sanders or I'm over here with Hillary. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sure anymore. And go and stand with undecided. Like, to me, that's the kind of person that I want to be politically is not feel that pressure. Is undecided? Is I want to <laughs> be able to be undecided. Right. Do you know, I get do you know it. What I'm no, saying? I get it. I okay. totally get it. Okay. I totally get it. <laughs> I'll still you wanna vote. Be, but... You want to be honest enough to be able to say, I don't yeah. know everything. I'm trying to figure it out not just as much as you. Of, and... like ravenous lions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, Well, and the one thing on that that I want to pick up on, Danae, that you said was that I will still vote. And I think that that's really what it comes down to, too, is one thing that just I can't, I can't it just annoys me so much is when someone says, well, if my, my candidate doesn't make it, I'm not voting. Well, uh, you know, if we all said that, then nobody would be voting, right? So... <laughs> It's, it just seems like I'm going to remove myself from this process because I didn't get my way. It seems like a very childish thing to do. Yeah. Uh, I so think you it's, still support a candidate. Like you still figure out what you're going to do. I think it's valuable to be, quote unquote, politically active in the sense of voting, making that choice, being part of the process. But I think the greater value in being, quote unquote, politically active is in the individual one on one relationships you have, yep. having conversations with people you disagree with, having conversations with people you agree with. I mean, just whatever. But, you know, having that one on one and allowing the issues that you care about to influence the way that you act, not necessarily the way you treat people in a negative way, if that makes That's sense. That's an excellent way to put that. So, yeah. so if you guys, I'm going to turn this around on you. So if you could change one part of the political process or uh, something that you see that is maybe broken in our, in our system that you wish that this piece didn't exist, what would you do? Ooh, if, I don't know if it's, I wish it didn't exist. Maybe, maybe there's a way to kind of turn it. I wish that I would have had some kind of hands-on cause I'm a very I'm more artistic as a person. So in school, you know, it's very rigid and, you know, test is, test taking and things like this, but I really wish that I would have had a better understanding of um, how to engage in the political process. And I, I, it doesn't have to come from the home because I was raised in an environment where you just don't talk politics. So to be exposed to having an understanding outside of my home environment, I wish that there was something kind of like in place that would introduce the youth to so you're talking more about the the education of the process. Yeah, yeah, I think the education of the process is something I would either change or try to create. So I don't know that I would change something that exists yet. Brittany, that's a really tough question for me because I honestly feel like at some points I feel like the whole thing needs to be scrapped and redesigned. Yeah. Um, the, the way That'd we choose. That'd be really hard. It would, be, right? it would be very difficult, but not much more difficult than changing big pieces of it. You know, like, I mean, right. once you start tinkering around with stuff, uh, it becomes a, a difficult thing. Yeah, I, we, have, we have moved technology, uh, te- technologically in, in a much faster way in general than we have in the way that we choose our political leaders. And I feel like uh, voting accessibility would probably mm. be a main one. Uh, there's, I, oh, I really cool. don't feel like we can't figure out a way technologically that people can vote from home and and everybody can vote and i I just i feel like we should be able to figure that out but isn't that we're kind of talking about the same thing is getting people more involved yeah right like i'm talking about if you can bank safely from your house you should be able to vote right right yeah i yeah so i think voting accessibility is probably a big one but i think i think the whole process is arcane and in really at the end of the day it, it was designed in a world where you could not communicate from coast to coast in a moment So you had to do these things in progressive ways. And now we have this system where, you know, it was designed for that. But we can. We can communicate instantly anywhere in the world, all of us at the same time, you know. Like, here's here's what I say. Give the process to Google. Uh All right. Let them design our new election process. (laughs) I'll be happy. That's funny. I was thinking uh, term limits on Congress, but clearly I'm not thinking <laughs> Or no lobbyists. That would be a really good uh, thing. <laughs> I'm totally with you on term limits for Congress. I don't think anybody should have that much, the ability yeah, to, to be there. Uh, that much time. For 30 years. I, I'd even think about it with the Supreme Court, but that's just me. So The dinosaurs know the law. That okay. is true. That is true. No, I get it. I get it. But 
I understand yeah. the Supreme Court maybe more than I do Congress. Yeah. Ditto. Because I I think there's something really awesome about like walking into an environment and speaking with someone who has this archaic knowledge. Well, that makes you a bad person because you disagree with me. So I will hurt you. <laughs> I'll kick you in the knee. No more Brit- Aunt Brittany then. That's right. That's right. Well, Aunt Brittany, thank you so much. Thank Thanks for you. your time. Appreciate having you on uh, and talking politics and and uh, thank you again. Thanks, Brittany. Love you. Yeah. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Uh, Aunt Brittany. Aww. So good. Captain Caucus. <laughs> no. Nope. 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 No. Not nope. That's been denied. Yep. Nope, as they say in Iowa. And thanks coming from the chat to Aunt Brittany. Yeah. Also. I always love, I love being able to have guests on and chat about important stuff. We crave your feedback as always. The first time we've talked about politic politics, someone said political science is not the same. <laughs> we did get a little into political kind science. Of. Yeah, Just a little a bit. Little bit. Uh, we've talked politics on the show. Thank you guys for the respectful chat during that interview. We really appreciate all of you who join us for the live taping of this podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for shooting the dough with us today. Now, Shoe the Dough is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Shoe the Dough. Find out more about Aaron and Danae at AaronandDanae.com. Huge thanks, by the way, to Admiral Akbar for doing today's intro. So powerful. <laughs> like I said, if you want to do the intro, we've got the text at our website, AaronandDanae.com. We'd love to get an audio file from you. Put that at the beginning of the show. Also, thanks to Chris Tilly for composing the intro music and the music that we play over the outro as well. Same music. Same, same music. Same person. Different time. Same thank you. And of course, much <laughs> love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Shoe the Dough Network possible. Support starts at a buck a month. It comes with some fun perks. You can find out more info at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea you'd like to see on the network, you can let us know. All feedback is welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. So how do you feel, Danae? You feel better? You okay? Yeah. We I got feel- through it. We talked about politics. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I, I mean, maybe like two squirts of a disinfectant. Okay. Instead of like a tub full. No, you don't need the scalding shower. No, just just a couple squirts of disinfectant. Couple squirts disinfectant. I mm-hmm. think I think I'll be good to go. But I right. thought it was a good chat. I'm not I'm not angry about it. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. I'm not gonna think about it too much before I go to bed. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry. Are you going to seek out the first person you see and ask them about their political views? No, I'm gonna invest in a squirt gun. <laughs> And anyone who talks to me, whether it's at church or about politics, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go, quick, quick, no. First squirts in the Bad knee. Cat. First squirts in the knee. After that, I can't promise anything. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.